Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe Podcast Network, SoCal Sweat. My name is Ann McDaniels, a former NFL cheerleader and product manager turned actress and model who dreams of being a UFC fighter. Yow. Learning strategies to help motivate others leads me to bring you interviews each week from a range of athletes, experts in fitness and nutrition, and so much more. Thanks for listening to Believe, the number one podcast for working professionals, and let's push our endorphins to higher performance through SoCal Sweat. This is your host, Anne, of SoCal Sweat. Mae West said, you are never too old to become younger. And Lucille Ball said, the secret of staying young is to live honestly, eat slowly, and lie about your age. (laughs) Well, age is truly a state of mind. And with continued curiosity, maintained fitness, solid nutrition, and surrounding yourself with positive people, well, these things may just be the key to youth. My friend Whitney Glandon is the Director of Resident Programming at New York City's Brookdale Senior Living Center. As a dancer, health and fitness enthusiast, yoga instructor, choreographer, and producer, she inspires the senior residents with dance, yoga, and fitness classes. The seniors seem to be impervious to aging with their overall health and attitudes. With over 20 plus years of experience working with the senior population, Whitney's dynamic work has been showcased in documentaries, on concert hall stages, and on television programs. In this episode, Whitney shares the true secrets to remaining forever young through fitness, nutrition, and overall attitude. Good morning, Whitney Glandon in New York City. How are you today? Great. Hi, Anne. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. (laughs) Whitney and I have been friends for years. We've danced together. We've done a lot and we have a lot of stories, but um, the one thing that I was always drawn to Whitney and we, again, we danced together. We actually um, bonded on an addition right away because we were, I was wearing a sparkly skirt and we were the first ones there and we've been friends ever since. And we've danced for Little Stevens Underground, um, a bunch of like Tina Turner, no, who was, it was uh, Cindy Lauper. Nancy Sinatra. Nancy Sinatra, it was amazing, but underlying, under Whitney's dance talents. She has a gift for working with the geriatric community. And right now she works at Brookdale, which is a very prestigious retirement community in New York City. She actually grew up in her family, in a family who owned nursing homes. So Whitney, what was that like as a child when you grew up in a family that managed nursing homes? Um, I feel like, um, you know, every day it was, like having a million different <laughs> bonus grandparents. Um, and to me, it was normal. You know, most most kids, uh, I think most kids get a chance to interact with their grandparents. Well, I had my grandparents, but I had bonus grandparents. Um, so my grandmother started the senior living community in 1958 and she got her first license in 1959. So I always like to say that she was like a, a pioneer in senior living. She had, she always wanted to help others. She wanted to become a doctor, but didn't have the funds to have the schooling to do that. So she's like, well, I want to build my own community. She built five communities from the ground up. 
uh, like I said before, she got her license in 1959. So she built five communities. And then my mom ended up growing up in the, in the community. My mom was the youngest of five kids. So her other brothers and sisters were already grown and out, you know, gone. Um, and she was the youngest. So she ended up living in those first senior communities that my grandmother built. Um, and so my mom ended up becoming um, an administrator for the state of North Carolina when she got older and she met my dad. My dad ended up working in the senior living community. Um, my uncle ended up working in senior living. He still has a nursing home in North Carolina right now, a 200 bed nursing home. Um, and so it was just natural that I grew up in that, that environment. It just seemed very normal to me. Every day I would be at the senior living community when I would get home from school, that's where I was. I was either there or I was either at the dance studio or at the stable with the horses. Um, I had chores that I had to do. My grandmother, my mom would give me chores, whether it was stacking quarters. <laughs> they would literally, so my mom was in charge. She did all the bookkeeping, but she also gave all the residents that lived there, they had a certain amount of allowance. They, you know, they would get each week to spend on things. So she would put me in charge of all the change. So I would have to stack dollars and dollars and dollars of quarters, you know, and then count them out. Um, I learned how to set the table for it because everything was done family style. Sure. Um, my grandmother showed me uh, what it was like to do uh, when she would do the medication for everyone. Obviously, I didn't touch the medication, but I would watch <laughs> her. Um, I did everything around there. I helped with every kind of chore, sweeping the floor, mopping the floors, um, taking care of the animals. We had dogs, we had cats. Um, and then I hung out with the residents. So it was super fun. I would go fishing with them. I would play bingo. I would call the bingo, you know, for the, for the seniors. Um, because my mom was in charge of all the activities as well as the bookkeeping. So I got to you know, participate in everything. And then I even started leading movement, dance classes, exercise classes at the age of nine. So my mom was already doing jazzercise at that time in the early 80s. It was called jazzercise, right? So she would be doing these classes and I would be in there, you know, trying to follow along and like super excited with my headband and my little dance outfit. And of course, the, the residents loved it. You know, they loved children. Um, and having, having a young person and then my sister was born. So the two of us were running around. So finally, my mom said, you know what? You want to do a class? Let's go get the jam box or the radio at that time. <laughs> she would, <laughs> she's like, you've got a captive audience. She would get all the residents into the, you know, in a circle in the room. And I'd put the music on and she'd be like, go for it. So I would be in there with my arms up and out. And it was like, it was a natural, natural thing for me to be leading people in a fun um, movement environment, you know? So we were exercising, we were smiling and it was happy. And it just seemed like something so natural that came to me. And I feel like that's carried over into what I'm doing today, right here in this present moment in New York City with these amazing seniors here at Brookdale. Completely. And you have a dance background, a degree in dance from University of North Carolina? Yes. Oh, no, it was um, Columbia College in Columbia South Carolina. Columbia College. And, uh, so you in dance performance and choreography with a okay. specialty in, in modern dance. But I started, I, I continued the work with my seniors all the way through college. 
I had started working with a group of Alzheimer, severe, severe um, Alzheimer patients um, at a senior living community in South Carolina doing movement and dance. And I actually created a dance where I had five Alzheimer patients on stage with me, which was incredible. The, the, the workers at the, at the senior community was like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, it's just, you know, I, I, think, I, I think I can pull it off. And they trusted me. So the word here is trust. Trust is the most, uh, most important word here. When, when people trust you, you can do anything. Right, so when we trust one another, and even though they had this terrible disease that was taking away their memory, they still recognized me when I walked in. They still knew that maybe they didn't know my name, but that's okay. Who cares? They would start doing movement. They, it was in their body. They they recognized my energy. They recognized my face, and they recognized me as she's the person that brings fun to us. And so I actually had five Alzheimer patients on stage with me. It was a really beautiful modern dance piece that I created. And it gave me the idea for later on what I created here in New York City called Tuesdays at Four, which is a creative dance and art group that I ended up having 25 seniors plus 15 outside artists a part of. And we did performances all over Manhattan which was really incredible, but we were, you know, and it encompassed everything from storytelling, um, dance, art, music, poetry, you name it, we did it. And it was a chance for the seniors, it was an intergenerational group, but it was a chance for the seniors to show, hey, we're not dead yet, we're still here. We have a lot to offer. Absolutely. I remember seeing that Alzheimer's, the modern video. I think you had, you'd put it on Facebook, you'd put it out there, it was absolutely beautiful. And so many of these people that suffer with this, sometimes family members just put them out to pasture, like, oh, you know, we try, we try, we try, but they get frustrated. I think it takes a special gift in someone like you with your talents to connect to that. And that's not always easy. And oh, it, oh I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I think. I think for me, what it is, is I'm just, I'm comfortable. I'm very comfortable with the uncomfortable. And, you know, not most of my seniors here at Brookdale are independent living. Um, you know, we do have some, some folks that, that do have some early dementia signs. Um, but, you know, the, the seniors that I was working with when I was in college had severe Alzheimer's. And I have worked with severe Alzheimer's patients here in New York City as well. But it's, it's learning to be comfortable with the uncomfortable and their comfortable is really our uncomfortable. Uh, we have to learn how to meet people where they are right here and right now in the present moment. So many times we try to change other people. It's not about changing other people. And I mean, this, this has to do with just in life in general, right? It's learning to meet people where they are, right in the middle, meeting them. Um, and accepting them for who they are. So acceptance is a big word that I use and a theme that I use for a lot of my classes. It's all about acceptance. It's about being present right here, right now in this present moment, how you are, how I am, how we feel. Um, and a lot of my classes, when the seniors come in, whether it's the Tuesdays at four group or it's just a regular dance class, dancer size, yoga, I always tell them, 
just do what you feel today. It's not about what your neighbor's doing, what I'm doing. I, you know, really I'm here with a gift and I'm here to, and I'm presenting a gift to you and all you have to do is accept it. If you don't want to accept it, that's fine too. Like we just have to be where we are right here, right now. Um, and every day is going to be different. Every day our body is going to be different. What I did yesterday in yoga, I may not be able to do that today, but I accept that. Some days it's hard and some days I go, oh my God, but I did so much better yesterday. Well, that was yesterday. It's water under the bridge. It's gone. You're never going to get yesterday back. What we have to do is be right here, right now. What a great attitude, both physically and mentally, because you're already showing them, I'm not like I was yesterday and you're young. So you're showing them that it's okay. And especially at their, in their age groups, they're not going to be the same every day. Sometimes they probably may not be able to get out of bed due to chronic pain or, or what have you. And so you kind of sharing that gives you a lot of ethos for, again, the word trust, as you, as you establish that that's such an important word. Now, I feel as if your, your home is just such a prestigious elite home. What are hopes for the rest of the aging population because you offer so much to them in such a gorgeous environment with healthy food and, and just some of the best education and entertainment in New York City, right in the heart of Battery Park. Mm -hmm. So many homes don't have that and people are kind of put out to pasture. What could someone do that's entering aging or who is a, who's a, a daughter or son of someone that's becoming very, you know, getting older, they're showing the signs and symptoms, they're getting kind of maybe crabby or they're not, you know, wanting to eat properly. What is your suggestion to them? And what would be your advice for people that are aging? Well, I think, you know, we have to try to surround ourselves with really positive people. We have to surround ourselves with people who are going to uplift us, lift us up, we have to be able to lift one another up. And I know that, you know, socialization is so important to mental well-being and to physical well-being. So it is important. Not everybody can come to live here at Brookdale Battery Park City in Manhattan. Um, yes, it is. It, it's a very prestigious senior living community. Um, but you can find positive people anywhere. You know, and if you're looking for a senior living community for your loved one or for yourself, I recommend going in, have a tour, ask to talk to the resident program director, the activity director, that's my position. See what kind of programs they have. See if you can go in and, and maybe stay a couple of days, talk to residents who are really engaged in the programs. Um, you know, eat in the dining room there, you know, check out the food, talk with the chef. Um, in the happy hours. Yes, engage <laughs> in the happy hours. Hopefully they have happy hours, which <laughs> most places do. Uh-huh. Um, some places don't offer alcohol in the way that we do, but we are independent living. So we're able to do that. And we have a liquor license. So we're able to to um, offer just wine. That's all we sure, do. Sure, sure. Um, but some places like assisted living, they can't do that because of medication and that type right. of thing. Right. Um, but, you know, you, you want to surround yourself with as many positive people and people, like, like I said before, who are going to lift you up. 
because it can be very uh, depressing as people get older because they're losing their sight. They might be losing their hearing. They may not be able to walk as, as well as they did before. Um, it's, uh, it's important, like I said before, it's important to find people who are like-minded, who are going through some of the same things and maybe a buddy, someone that you can friend, befriend, um, and that you can go walking with, that you could go to a yoga class with, uh, that you can eat with. Eating is a very, eating is so important in senior living. That dinner time, breakfast, I mean, it's social hour. Absolutely. And that's where they discuss a lot. And this is where I'm concerned because I have, my grandma is awesome. She's extremely with it. She's in her 90s. Um, she's absolutely, she's a powerhouse. But this COVID has really isolated her. And she has kind of, and she's a, a strong German woman. She would never admit to any kind of, you know, everything's positive. We're, we are a shell. We cover our emotions completely. And she admitted to me, because I call her like every other day. She's my favorite, one of my favorite people in the world. She's very lonely and it's very difficult. And um, this is in Wisconsin. So it's very isolated and nobody wears a mask in this area. So she is concerned. And, you know, my family went out for brunch and I asked my mom, like, did anybody wear masks? And they brought my grandma and I was so upset. And I'm like, I know it's none of my business, but it is because it's very precious cargo to me. It's and, grandma. Yep, absolutely. And she's just, and I, I worry that in the age of COVID with some of these aging seniors that are living at home independently by themselves, that it's very depressing. And I feel like that ages you faster you know, and the negativity sets in and then all they're watching is the news, the news, the news. Like get off the news, it's just depressing. So I'm sending her magazine subscriptions, fun things to read. I mean, she's super smart and independent, but this COVID is really, it's really hit. And it's, it's very concerning. And I know I'm not the only one, you know, right. her numbers affected. We've noticed that. So, you know, with our seniors in the beginning, uh, when we were the epicenter of of COVID, you know, we were doing every, and we're still we're still doing every precautionary, you know, keeping it super strict here. Still, outside people are not allowed in. Families are not allowed in unless they have they're meeting their family member in the garden, which is you know obviously outside, and they have to be social distance with uh, full PPE, or they can also meet their family member in the park, but they have to be socially distanced, you know, full PPE. Um, but in the beginning, none of that was even allowed. I mean, we as the staff were not even allowed. We could see them from a distance. Say if we were delivering, you know, we would have people from the dining room delivering their meals three times a day. We were doing activity packets because uh, there was no meeting in small groups. You know, we can do small groups now that we're at level three, you know, in Manhattan now is at stage four opening. So we're able to do small groups of 10 people or less. But in the beginning, there was none of that, none. So we were trying to create these, you know, fitness, art, anything and everything kind of um, activity engagement packet to give, to distribute. And that's what we did. We distribute this to everybody in the building to try to keep them active in their apartments. We were trying to get everyone on Zoom. Not a, We have a lot of people now on Zoom, but that that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> we were working with a, an outside tech company called Can Do Technology, which is fantastic sure. um, to do in-house 
uh, I mean, not in-house, excuse me, they do it remotely. So they were working with each resident remotely. Uh, in the technical, in, in technical oh my gosh. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> yes, we could do a show just on that. Um, and, and we have some seniors who are so tech savvy. They're incredible at 95 awesome. years old on Zoom. And then we have some that are like, I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> like, Zoom, what is Zoom, you know? And I'm like, this is the new normal. You're going to have to join Zoom. So yeah. most of them have. Some are still like, nope, don't want it. We'll never use it. <laughs> don't tell me about it anymore. So but funny. we've had some really funny experiences with that. Um, but the technology was like super important so they could see their kids on FaceTime. So they could see their kids through Zoom. So they could participate in the Zoom groups once we got those going. Sure. But we were seeing pe people, you know, the, the residents were watching, like you said before, the news 24-7. It's just playing in the background. Mentally, that is not good for you. I am not a doctor, but hello, we all know that listening to the news 24-7, especially with what's going on, is and, not. And what's healthy. the truth? What's not the truth? You can't take everything at face value and it just has to be positive. Oh, Plus, they were looking out their windows and the riots were happening probably right outside the windows. Well, that started later, and um, but we're we're kind of off the beaten path down yeah, here in Park, so really they really didn't see um, any of that. Good. Um, but a lot of them are news junkies, so you know, very political, and they're just like news, news, news. So it finally towards the, I guess it was beginning of May. That's when our in-house doctor from NYU, who is incredible. Um, he, he said, we got to start getting people outside. We got, they got to start getting some sunlight. This is, this is super Vitamin important. Vitamin D is important. Yes. So I started organizing everybody, the whole building, going out at certain times just to get sunlight, mm -hmm. to get some fresh air, you know? So we had people running to apartments, delivering gloves and masks. And people are like, I have to wear the, yes, you have to wear it. Sure. But they listened Especially to them enough to where they were like, okay, I still, we still have a few that come down with no mask, no gloves. <laughs> and we're like, we just have masks, like waiting to them. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, you have to put the mask right. on. <laughs> right. oh, but I hate it. And I'm like, I hate it too. But right. This, but we must comply. Yes. We have to do what we have to do. Sure. But most of them, you know, do really well with it. And so. And but, these are highly functioning. Yes. Retirement adults as well. So that's a little different story. What would you suggest? Because it's, it's, it's scary for anybody to enter COVID with, even if you have the best immunity system, it doesn't matter because it can get everybody now as we see. What do you say, number one, first of all, how do you age gracefully with nutrition and exercise? And what do you do particularly for the seniors or for yourself in this age of COVID? Because you are such an important role because you're going to go out in the public and then you're going to come back to them. So you probably have to watch yourself in a triplicate fashion. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist, any of that. I mean, I did complete my uh, certificate program from the T. Colin Campbell uh, Center for Nutrition, for plant-based okay. plant nutrition. And um, I, you know, I'm a vegan. Um, I'm a healthy vegan though, not the kind that eats junk food. I, I like to say I'm more of a whole foods 
plant-based diet. Sure. So I try to uh, not eat many things that are, are processed. Uh, I drink a ton of water. Um, you know, I just try to eat a very well-rounded uh, balance of grains and nuts and seeds and vegetables, fruits. Um, I exercise a lot. You know, first thing I do in the morning, my walk to work from my apartment to Battery Park, it's only about two miles, but I do I do an extra mile in there. So I get an extra, I get three miles in the morning to work, three miles on my way home on my lunch break. Uh, my coworker and friend, Teray and I will go outside and run, like just throw in an extra two miles to run outside. We'll do some yoga together. We'll do some yoga after work. We play tennis. You know, I feel like, and yes, some people will say, oh, that's extreme. Well, to me, that's not extreme. And not to people like you and I know. Right. And we dance. You know, I'm not dancing as much as I used to, um, but I am teaching dance classes to the seniors, the small, small groups now that we're doing. Um, but fitness has always been a very, uh, fitness and nutrition have always been a major part of my life growing up. And I know it's the same way with you, Anne. We've always talked about this for years. It's super important to me what I'm putting in my body. Um, what I'm feeding my body mentally, physically, and spiritually for me, because I feel like all three for me work hand in hand. Um, so right away in the morning, I get that three mile fast walk exercise, you know, first thing in the morning to work. And it, it helps me set the pace for my day. So I'm, you know, I'm constantly trying to um, help the, the seniors in that way of, of, okay, well, maybe you didn't do this the first 60 years of your life, you know, it's never that, too late. Fine. It's yep. never too late. Get outside and go for a walk. Yes. You know, I have people coming to my yoga class. Now I have one woman who's 98 who had never done yoga before in her life, but she walks every day. She's in incredible shape. And she said, Oh, you cured the place on my back. I said, what? And she said, I had a place on my back. And now that I've been coming to your yoga class, because they can still get down on the floor, some of them. So I do some floor work. Now that COVID's been around, we're, we're not using mats and getting sure, on the floor. But before sure. that, we were doing a lot of floor work. And she said, you cured the place on my back. I said, I didn't cure anything. I said, you did that. I said, I'm here. I have a gift. And I'm giving you a gift and you received it. You chose to receive that gift and you did that. She's like, oh no, I think you did it. And I said, okay, I was like, all right, but you did it. Powered her. That's amazing. And she still talks about that to this day. And, you know, I thought, wow, this is really powerful. And I've had so many seniors over the years tell me, that by coming to yoga and trying these new things that they had never done before or that they were scared to do, because most people, when you say yoga, especially the senior population, they think that means standing on your head or doing splits. <laughs> sure. I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not standing on our head. I said, that has nothing to do with Just it. Just movement it's and breathing. It's all about you. Yeah. It's about That's the so breath. Funny. It's about, we start our yoga class with a deep breathing and a moment of gratitude. I always have them do what one thing that you're grateful for right here in this moment and then let it carry you through your practice and let it carry you through the rest of your day and hopefully your week. And it's, it's amazing. I have people in wheelchairs that come to my class. So I've adapted the postures 
for people in wheelchairs, it doesn't matter. So they can't say, oh, I can't do that. And I'm like, no excuse. Don't cross no Whitney. Me. <laughs> you can't. I said, if only you can move that one arm. I have one man. He just moves his right arm the whole time. And That's excellent. Miles, I'm like, just keep moving that arm. I love that. Does and then eventually matter? maybe you could go to the other arm and leg it. Who knows what you, what you yeah. can do? Who knows? It's when, when, you can, when you change your mindset, you can change anything. Absolutely. And when I recently change your attitude. Absolutely. Positive, positive and mindset is, is huge with everything. There's a Centennial that lives right near Battery, right near the, the, the Brookdale. And she's 103. And her name is, I think it's Ida Thompson. She's an African-American runner that had lost two sons. And her daughter is like an Olympian. And she got her into running. She ran a hundred meter sprint on her 103rd birthday. She works out like a fiend. And she was so depressed from losing her sons that her daughter said, mom, why don't you start to run again? And once she did, her whole life changed because I think it's activity, positive, positive attitude, and then putting spiritual, mental, and proper nutrition into your body. And with right. that, do you talk about plant-based with your seniors? I mean, at this point, I'm sure it's very difficult, but if someone's going into aging and how can we prevent aging, would you say? Like my, my mom, because I, you know, I grew up with my mom who's an exercise fiend, so was my dad. Um, they both believe it's the fountain of youth is exercise and they both look so young and vibrant. It's sick. I think movement is medicine mm -hmm. and medicine is movement, you know? So I've always gone by that. And, um, I, I had a senior years ago, um, who he came, he was a, a former surgeon and he came to every single one of my exercise classes. He lived for my classes and he was such an inspiration, but that's exactly what he would say when he would walk in. Movement is medicine. And he lived to like 98, 99 years old. And he, um, he ate, he ate whatever he wanted, but he ate very little, very controlled portions um, and I've found that with a lot of my seniors here, you know, there are some that just eat junk, you know, <laughs> they live on junk, the more sauce, the better, more whatever. And if they're at that age, go ahead, you know, <laughs> who am I? Who am sure. I? 41 years old. Okay. You know, I'm learning from them, but I mean, I, it goes both ways. They always tell me that they're like, but I learned from you too. So they love to hear about my plant-based eating. I had two ladies years ago, they've passed away since, since then, but they were, I was super close to them. And one died at 103, she was about to turn 103. Wow. And the other one died at 99. And one of them was a former uh, Auschwitz uh, Holocaust survivor. I remember her, yeah. okay. Yeah, so these two were best friends and they were two of my best friends. And they came to my yoga class for years up until they were ill and could not, you know, walk physically into the class. And they said, we want to try that vegan food. And I said, vegan? <laughs> I said, vegan? And they're like, yeah, vegan. And, you know, and I said, okay. I said, all right, we're going to go have vegan food. They said, so I took them both. I took them separately first and had, they had their first vegan meal at Blossom, <gasps> which used to be 21st and yes. 9th Avenue. Well, you, yes. you know, sadly, Blossom closed because of COVID. I was going to say, oh, that's very awful. Sad, very sad. Um, but I took them both and then I took them together and 
then we started having this once a week vegan meal time together. I would take them to different places in the city. And they started kind of adapting. It became part of their, when they would eat dinner here at Brookdale, it became part of their conversation as, what would Whitney eat? <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. like, oh, she wouldn't eat that because it's got that meat. big pork loin of <laughs> ribs. <laughs> but they both were very small, petite. Um, and they ate pretty much what they wanted, but they were curious. And I think that's what is so important is when you age, you've got to stay curious. Yes. If you don't stay curious and this, and this is for all of us, this is what we, I feel we need to, um, take away from our seniors. What we need to learn is if we don't stay curious, how are we, how are we ever going to expand our knowledge on things? How are we going to move forward? We, we have to stay curious. And that's the thing. Some people get so stuck in their ways. Yeah. They get so one, one, one sided that it's this way or no way. Um, stay curious. So Absolutely. I think that that's one of the most important things for, um, aging gracefully because we're all going to age. We're never, nothing is going to stop us from aging. We're aging from the moment that we're born. Mm -hmm. And what's wrong with aging? If we can do it gracefully and beautifully. And you can and be happy. Our own and happy. That's what it's about. It's about being happy, but you can't teach somebody happiness. You have to find it within. It has to come. It's joy. Joy is from within. And when you're happy with yourself and who you are, then that's the most important thing. Right. And, you know, I've had seniors who have lost kids. They said, I never thought that I would have outlived my children. But some, and, and, I, and I think about like the cancers, the, the diseases that they've been through, things that they have recovered, you know, and here they are at 95, 96, 99, 100. I have one who's 103 and she's like, Whitney, what am I still doing here? She's still very positive, but she says, why do you think I'm still here? I said, because you are such an inspiration to so many people. That is part of your purpose. That's why you're still here. And she's just like, okay. And she just looks at everything as, all right, there's a reason for that. I'm here. I'm content. I'm satisfied. And she's 103. Unbelievable. But she does tell me she's tired. Sure. And I think we have every right to be tired. Absolutely. And, and after a while, it would, it's almost a curse to live that long when you're losing people because you see everybody die. And I'm sure it is. Why am I still here? But you offer a lot of good balance for that. Now, what do you do? Just a quick question before we kind of start to wrap up. Um, if let's just say someone's living at home and they're really lacking on their nutrition and maybe their caretaker constantly brings them nutritious meals, but all they want to eat is like cookies because I feel like that is kind of a common thing where they're just stuck in their ways. How do we ensure proper nutrition? Because, you know, I've, I've offered ensure nutrition or, you know, some kind of a shake to get the protein, but sometimes they forget or they don't want to be told what to do and they only want, and they're, they're, they're malnourished. 
Well, I think sometimes, and like I said, I'm not a doctor, but I have had a ton of experience in working with the geriatric population from the moment practically that I was born. Sure. Um, being in all kinds of situations um, that I could tell you a million stories about. Um, but I feel like when someone is not wanting to eat, right, or they're just wanting to eat cookies or, or the sugar or, you know, there's a, there seems to be, maybe there's a much uh, deep, uh, a, a deeper issue going on. It could be something very deeply rooted. Maybe they're depressed, you know? So maybe, I, I don't think it's just the fact that they want to eat cookies. I think that it's, um, you got to look at the, the whole picture, the big picture, and then kind of um, rewind a little bit and see what's going on in their life. You know, I, I do what, know what that is. Yep. <clears throat> in my, my specific situation, and it's exactly what it is. And that's really yeah. hard. It's really hurtful to see that because you don't want them depressed. You don't want them to feel bad and, and lose sight of things. And then we've, you know, for, for my family, of course, we were supposed to have like three weddings this summer, you know, this summer, and they've all been completely postponed. And that was something that some my grandmother was looking so forward to. And then it's like, well, that's gone now too. And all oh, the world has changed so much. And this is really hard to see. And I think that gets them down into a lower abyss. But, you know, my mom, who's a caretaker, taker does everything she can, but it's hard. And, and a lot of times I think a caretaker of a, whether it be a mother, a daughter or son and father, sometimes it's harder because they've, or if they've gone into it, never having a wonderful relationship in the first place, and then they're set in that, you know, position, it's, it's difficult. Right. And especially when, it, if it's a family member taking care of another family member, there can be a lot of deeply underlying, yes. underlining, you know, so sometimes it's better to find a companion for them. Maybe I know, but when they, they won't, person, they won't, they when they won't, they, yep. yeah, yes, no, I, yep. I know exactly what you're, what you're saying. Um, but yes, that can be really difficult when they're, you know, and then your, your taste buds, if they're just eating junk, if they're eating sugar, you know, people's taste buds kind of um, conform to that. And then, then people's body starts to crave that. And you really have to, I feel, retrain your taste buds to, to want the nutritious foods, but also you've got to change yourself mentally. I mean, it you've got does. to get the help that you, that you need, Absolutely. Um, you know, or in my opinion, that's the way I, I, Sure. Like. Great advice. Really solid advice. Now, one final thing, you go to saunas and sweat, they're called sweat labs. Um, yeah, they're like, it's like a, um, it's like a heated, what would I call it? Um, like it's like a sweat house kind of yeah. type. Yeah. I was going to them here in the city. Um, well, first up, my first love is hot yoga. So the hotter, the better you know, and I did that for 10 years straight of super hardcore started with Bikram yoga. And then some of the studios, then after that, that I went to broke off from Bikram, it was still that same um, style pretty much with added postures. And, and you were dripping with sweat. I remember <laughs> Horrible. you just walk into the studio and it's automatic drip. But you're always hot anyway. You've always been hot. And I've always I know. Been I've always been. Remember how I would sweat all the time? And yes. I and I'm like, oh my God, I'm dying. It's cold. I will serve. Exactly. 
So I'm a sweaty Betty. Um, but yeah, there's something really um, detoxifying and refreshing about pushing all that um, toxins out of the body. Toxins out of the body. And I love to drink water. Like here I am, I've got my, I usually drink two and a half to three liters of water a day. So I always have my water with me. And, um, but there's just something so refreshing about cleansing from the inside out. And that's what I've just always loved. I love to sweat like water. that. Yes. Yeah. Water. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and I know that they're they're open, like they're they're all over the place. Some of these cryo, not it's not well. Some of the cryogenic places have the saunas as well. And how long would you say, if for a first time person going in, how long would be a good time before they kind of start to feel ill, so they'll return and, and do it again? Well, you know, everybody's body is different. My body loves heat. Yes, so, it does. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I would do a 90 minute super hot yoga class and other people are dropping, you know, except for the people like I found that all of us who would go every single day, I would go at least six days a week. And some people would say, oh, that's extreme, but I love it. Yeah. Um, obviously right now because of COVID, that's not happening. I'm doing my own practice, but I'm doing it outside in the heat. So it's kind of like the same thing. It's kind of perfect. Um, but, you know, every, everybody everyone's body is different, but I would say some days I'd feel kind of like, Ooh, you know, I can tell if I didn't hydrate enough if or I eat didn't enough, eat, eat enough, you know? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think people just have to kind of experiment. Now, if you have heart conditions, do no. not, go. I, mean, I do not recommend, you know, it's something you should talk to your doctor about. Um, but if it's something that you are wanting to try, you know, just, just, I don't know, try it in 30 minutes, maybe. I, I don't know. Like I said, everyone's different. So I hate to give like a- mm -hmm. exact Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be interviewing a cryogenic and, and, hot, and hot sauna lab, one of those labs oh. soon. So it's really- Oh, really awesome. Cool. Yeah, that's- point, It's, yeah, it's just, I've, I've learned it from you. Um, and finally, in the age of COVID, what would you say would be one amazing tip to keep people healthy? Do you believe in the vitamin D? What would be one- perfect thing if you could just, if you could add one tip. Exercise. Exercise. Because the I, overweight I mean, population. Too. Exercise and nutrition. Sure. And I, I personally believe a whole food plant-based diet. That's like for me, lots of garlic, onions, um, you know, cooking with garlic and onions, uh, ginger, lots mm -hmm. of ginger. Uh, but I really feel the exercise, you know, keeping that, um, keeping your heart rate, um, uh, you know, your respiratory system, keeping it in check, your breathing, lots of deep breathing. Uh, the breath is so important, um, but keeping your heart healthy. Um, and that positive mindset. And that's positive mindset because yeah. it is hard. I mean, as we all know, who, who would have thought that we would all be living in the middle of a pandemic at all. And uh, it has been very, um, it, it's tough. And, uh, but that literally has what helped, has helped me through my job of being right here in the middle of it with seniors trying to keep, trying to protect them, trying to protect myself, you know, trying to protect uh, all, all of us, all of my staff, all of us trying to protect each other, ourselves, um, is the extra, for me, exercise, nutrition, and a healthy mindset of just staying that. hopeful. Sure.
and trying to stay as positive as 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 possible and just keeping lots of positive people around me and distancing distancing myself from the news sure watch it and go good to be informed but get get what you need and then go don't uh don't the news (laughs) no it's horrible so key key to um graceful aging would be exercise uh just exercise and fitness nutrition and a positive mindset that's great advice from from a director of activities at the Brookdale Retirement Community Center in New York City. Whitney, thank you so much. See you online. Thank you <laughs> so much for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely, I will talk to you soon. And that was Whitney Glandon, director of resident programming at New York City's Brookdale Senior Living Center, sharing her secrets to aging beautifully through physical activity, proper nutrition, and a positive mental attitude while surrounding yourself with great people. I will put all the links to Brookdale Senior Living and to Whitney Glandon in the links below. We appreciate you for listening and please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Luminary, Tuned In, or at Believe.com. You can reach out to me for any questions or topics you'd like covered on the show at Ann McDaniels. Please stay tuned next week to learn about mental training for athletics with five-time champion powerlifter Vince Anello and his Vince Anello's Gorillas. Thanks again, and this is your host, Ann McDaniels of SoCal Sweat. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.